Leaders see what others miss. Good morning, competitor. Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer. And we're kicking off a brand new week with a leadership episode because that's what we do on Monday because that's what the world needs more of, great leaders. And before we dive into today's episode about seeing things that others miss, I want to encourage you to head on over to CompeteEveryday.com because we just dropped our Control Your Controllables 2.0 design. We've got men's shirt, women's shirt, and women's tank. On the front, it says Control What You Can. Attitude, actions, effort, always 100% up to you. Control your controllables and compete every day. And as always, you can get 15% off this new drop or any other thing in the store with the code PODCAST at checkout. That's code word PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Gets you 15% off this brand new Control the Controllable shirt, the remaining stock of our Halloween dreams or nightmare. Or if you're still a little bit late to the show or a little bit new to compete every day, you can get a copy of my book or our Win Your Next journal as well. So head on over to CompeteEveryday.com, support the show, support the brand, and save 15% off with the code PODCAST. Now, Gil Brandt, for those who are not familiar, is a legend when it comes to football. He was the vice president of player personnel in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys from the 60s to the late 80s. He was put into the Hall of Fame in 2019, and he passed away at the end of August earlier this year. And what's fascinating about Brandt is he is truly someone who revolutionized the game. He was a pioneer when it came to scouting prospects for the NFL. He created a scouting and evaluation system I talked about earlier in this show in my book of how how Nick Saban to this day still uses a version of Gil Brandt's formula that every position should have certain sizes, certain measurables in order to meet a level of success based on all of the research and data. Brandt was one of the first talent scouts to look outside of the U.S. to go into Canada for potential players. And what I love is two very specific things that he did that other people weren't doing at that time. The first is Gil Brandt was the first guy to heavily recruit the HBCUs, the historically black college and university circuit. He would take and spend his time down there in a time when most people were still incredibly segregated on how they treated athletes. Scouts for all the other teams could have gone to HBCUs, but they chose not to. However, Brandt went in and was looking for ways to give the athletes at HBCU opportunities, including future Super Bowl champion Doug Williams. Brandt loved Williams, and even though he didn't get a chance to draft him with the Cowboys, he brought a lot of attention to Williams for other teams by doing the work of going out and scouting individuals. He was known for finding players that went past the draft, that played at small schools such as Cowboy Legends, Drew Pearson, or Cliff Harris, or Everson Walls. But one thing that really stood out to me about Brand is not only was he a game changer and a a trailblazer when it came to scouting guys at HBCU, scouting really small schools, But Brandt was known for scouting players that didn't even play football. Think about that. He would go and look at players who didn't even play football, see opportunities, and then talk to them, convince them into joining 
the draft. Famously, you have guys like Bob Hayes, who won gold medals in the 1964 Olympics. You have Cornell Green, who was a defensive back for the Cowboys for over a decade, but didn't play college football. He was a two-time All-American basketball player at Utah State University. He drafted George Davis, Peter Gant, who played college basketball at Michigan State. Percy Harvin played in the NFL. He was an unlikely star for the Cowboys in Super Bowl X, and he played college basketball at Austin P. See, what Brandt would do is look at athletes in basketball and track in other sports, and then he would see, do they have the five main characteristics I look for in great players? Brandt had his formula in terms of how big were they, how much did they weigh, but then he really looked for these five characteristics, and he would score them on a score of 1 to 10. And he was looking for specific combinations for specific positions, but every player had to fall somewhere in that 5-plus range on character, on mental alertness. How quickly could they read and process information? What was their quickness? In other words, how, were, how agile and balanced were they? What was their strength and explosion? And then most of all, did they have competitiveness to them? Were they someone aggressively looking to get out and compete? Or were they someone who only looked to get out and get involved when they were 100% guaranteed to win? What Brandt did is he looked at these characteristics of character, mental alertness, quickness, strength, and competitiveness, and then would go out and find people in other sports that fit the size that he wanted for specific positions and then talk them into joining the draft and then ultimately drafting them with the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't know a whole lot about Brandt growing up, but I did always remember two players that always stood out to me in the NFL that I grew up watching. One is my Carolina Panthers, Julius Peppers. He was a top pick in the draft. He played basketball at North Carolina, is a Hall of Fame defensive end. You had Antonio Gates, played basketball in college as a Hall of Fame tight end. You had these individuals that someone saw the potential in them. They said, you have these skills, you have this ability. Let me help develop you down a path that can help you go farther and do more than perhaps you ever envisioned. And that's one of the things I believe is important for us as leaders is to look for and identify key characteristics and skills in our people and then not only to call them out, bring attention to them, but help paint the picture of what their future could be by better leveraging those skills. We know that sometimes our best sales professionals do not become our best managers. And a lot of people will automatically take their A-plus performer and force them into management, whether A, the person actually wants to be a manager, and B, whether they have the skill set for it. They just assume, hey, you're great here, you're going to be great there. But we know that's not the case. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time in basketball, but baseball, not so much. Just because we're really good in one area doesn't mean we're good in another. And a lot of times what happens is we force people into positions that they aren't a fit for because we make assumptions about A, what they want, or B, where their skills should or shouldn't translate. And I think what is needed a lot of times by leaders is to start looking for people in almost a unique perspective. That person that works your front desk, that front desk receptionist by most companies, but the director of first impressions by others, the more you see them build rapport with people, the more 
it may be worth having a conversation of, do you want to do something else besides this? Where do you want to grow in your career? Do you want to do business development? Do you want to get into these other areas where you tend to have a natural ability to connect with people and help find out what their problems are and how you can solve them? Things that make sales professionals great. Sometimes people have limiting beliefs about themselves, and so they don't know what their own potential is. No one's ever spoken life into them. No one's ever opened their eyes that there could be a better opportunity tomorrow for you if we start to change certain things you're doing every day. There's a lot of people that have been beaten down mentally over the year and are just succumbed to go through the motions and handle whatever life gives them, which is the complete opposite of you as a competitor of not only responding to what life puts on your plate, but continuing to strive for what you want. And so this week, I want to challenge you to look at the people that you work with, the people that directly report to you, and ask yourself, what potential do I see in them? Have I effectively communicated that potential with them? And how can I help them leverage that potential to doing even more out of their career than perhaps they thought possible? Sometimes all it takes to change someone's life is by speaking life into them and opening their eyes to a perspective they never considered or a future they never believed possible. Just like Gil Brandt. He took the time to go to the HBCUs when no one else would to help the athletes there understand you have an opportunity to continue playing and change your life. He went to other sports Guys that never considered playing in the NFL and said, I believe you have a future here and you could be really good at it. He created opportunities for others because he started looking at the characteristics that would make them great in other arenas and then spoke life into them and created opportunities for it. So where can we go do the same within our organization this week? Be the type of leader who sees more in others than perhaps they even see in themselves. I'm cheering for you. Go win your week. Thanks again, competitor, for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. This is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I'm glad you're here because that means you're a driven leader who wants to maximize your performance and pursue greatness in every area of your life. To learn more about Compete Every Day, get involved in our leadership cohort, or find resources to help you lead better and succeed more, visit CompeteEveryDay.com. I'll see you next episode.